is going on, true crime fans? I'm your host, Heath. And I'm your host, Daphne. And you're listening to Going West. Today's case was recommended to us a little while back by one of our lovely listeners and Facebook discussion group members, Shay. So thank you, Shay, for bringing us today's case. I was legit getting like hot and shaky while I was researching this one because it is so intense and scary. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, any case with damning surveillance footage is just terrifying totally, all around. Totally. Like the fact that we can see this happen after and police can use it to pick the case apart and in turn solve this case. And that's exactly what happened in today's story. So can't wait to get into it with you guys. Yeah. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you again, Shay. Um, really appreciate you guys coming to Going West on this fine Friday. And in advance, hope you have a good weekend. All right, guys. Without further ado, this is episode 192 of Going West. So let's get into it. Okay, here's the situation. Our daughter Mia is leaving for her first sleepover. We have friends coming to stay, and we just got a puppy. So I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room. And a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair. All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply. A young woman kidnapped and murdered. It was a case that gripped the metro. Kelsey Smith was abducted from a Target parking lot in broad daylight. Tonight, a guilty plea in her murder. I miss my Kels. I miss her laughter, her smile, her loudness. I miss my baby girl. It's pretty clear that this was a stalking-type case. Um, he parked, apparently, in the same parking lot, knew where she was going to be, followed her into the store, followed her out of the store, and then shoved her into her own car. Well, we also have to be very happy that we do have the uh, target uh, cameras. A lot of these stores have good cameras, and I'm, I'm very happy about that. The only thing is the consequences of this uh, are very hurtful. Young woman was killed. I'm so, so sorry for what I've done. We'll never move on. We just keep moving forward. Kelsey Ann Smith was born on May 3rd, 1989 to parents Missy and Greg in Kansas, alongside her three sisters and younger brother. Stephanie, who went by Stevie, Lindsay, Dakota or Cody, and Zach. Kelsey was the middle child and grew up in Overland Park, Kansas, which is the second largest city in the state of Kansas, after Wichita, with a population of around 200,000 people. And it's within the Kansas City metropolitan area, so it's right by the Missouri border. And according to Google, it's a great place to live due to its low crime rate, good schools, and charming tree-lined downtown. There, Kelsey sprouted into a wonderful child who was thoughtful above all else. She was always making sure that, you know, things were equal between she and her other siblings. And she was also known to be very protective of her younger brother, Zach, who was six years younger than her. And she always wanted to take care of him. 
And not only did she have a huge heart, but she was also known to be incredibly fun, she had a fantastic sense of humor, and she lived her life to the fullest. And she was really that friend that would present you with like a balloon bouquet at school on your birthday. And she even once drove over two hours away to participate in a charity run. So she just showed kindness and support to everybody. And speaking of school, Kelsey began attending her local public high school called Shawnee Mission West in the fall of 2003. And that's where she really started trying new things and just figuring out where she was going to go in life and who she was going to be. Like she was in a writer's workshop. She was taking an art class, singing in the school's choir, acting in the theater and running track. Man, she was doing a lot. Lots of stuff. Like she was I, all over the place. It was I amazing. didn't do anything in high school. I know. She was like definitely a go-getter. Seemed like she just wanted to like really make something out of herself. You know what I mean? But, you know, above all of the many things that she did in high school, her favorite activity was participating in her school's marching band as a section leader. And she was so in love with the marching band that when it was time to head off to college, she chose Kansas State University, located in Manhattan, Kansas, just a two-hour drive west of Overland Park because of their amazing marching band. And in December of 2014, Uh, This marching band was actually awarded the Sudler Trophy for Best College Marching Band in the nation. So it was a a really big deal. So when Kelsey graduated from high school on May 24th, 2007, she was really looking forward to beginning her college career that coming fall. And she planned on majoring in pre-veterinary medicine. Yeah, so she wanted to be a vet, which makes sense because she had, you know, like I said, such a big heart. She was so caring. Right. So before she could get to college, Kelsey was prepared to enjoy her summer first with her friends and her boyfriend of nearly six months, who was John Beersmith. Kelsey and John had a great relationship, and like Daphne highlighted, Kelsey was extremely thoughtful and loving. So when their six months was finally approaching that June, newly 18-year-old Kelsey Smith headed out to get him a gift to celebrate this anniversary. You know, a lot of people celebrate, like, their six-month dating. I think we did. I think we even celebrated our one month, like, weirdos. <laughs> yeah, we probably did. So, yeah, I mean, that's she She was that kind of person. She wanted to celebrate that. They were going to go on a date. It was just going to be this really fun Saturday night. Exactly. So, on Saturday, June 2nd, 2007, so just nine days after graduating from high school, Kelsey drove to a Target store in Overland Park, Kansas, to do a little bit of shopping. And the specific store that she went to, or the specific Target that she went to, was on 97th Street, right next to the Oak Park Mall, where there are a ton of other stores and such, so a very populated area. And we should mention that she was doing this shopping in the evening around 7 p.m. But the sun set at 8.39 p.m. that night in Overland Park, so it was still very light outside when she did this shopping. So while she was in Target, Kelsey made a call on her cell phone to her mom to get some advice on wrapping the gift. And then they said they loved each other and they would see each other when they both got home, since her mom was at work. So Kelsey had this date with her boyfriend John that evening, where she planned to give him this gift and celebrate their six-month anniversary. But Kelsey didn't come home by this 7.30 date time. So John arrived at the house and waited with her parents, where they all just kind of sat dumbfounded at where she was. They tried calling her cell phone, or her cell phone, of course, but they didn't receive any answer, which was bizarre and just extremely unlike her. 
Her sister Lindsay then left with John to head for that kind of mall and target area, just really hoping that they'd find her stranded with a dead phone. Like maybe her phone died and something happened with her car because she had kind of an older car. Her car was like 20 years old, so who knows? Yeah, and this is really unlike her. She would not just not show up to this date. It's important to her. Yeah, and she had left specifically... Uh, 40 minutes before this date was to occur to just run to the store to do this quick errand and come right home. So they had gone, or John and Lindsay had gone to Target. And meanwhile, uh, uh, Kelsey's parents, Greg and Missy, just waited at home hoping that they could catch her that way. But when John and Lindsay arrived at Target, they didn't see Kelsey or her car. Very suspicious. Yeah, which would bring them to their next thought that maybe Kelsey got into a car accident. And by 8.30 p.m., her father, Greg, who was actually a police officer, was calling his coworkers and 911 dispatchers to see if anyone could confirm that there had been an accident or maybe she'd been pulled over for some reason. But none of the officers had any clue where she was. Yeah, so with that, police and Kelsey's entire family and her boyfriend were all driving around Overland Park trying to find any sign of Kelsey or her car. And after John and Lindsay decided to explore the Oak Park Mall parking lot um, behind Target at around 11 p.m., they found something very strange. It was Kelsey's 1987 Buick Regal. Kelsey wasn't in her car but the present that she had purchased for her boyfriend John, as well as her purse and her wallet, were inside the car. The parking lot didn't have any other cars parked near hers since the mall was closed by this time, but luckily, police arrived to the scene quickly and treated her car like a potential crime scene, taking all necessary precautions and getting the car properly forensically analyzed in case this did turn out to be an unfortunate situation. And we are so thankful that they actually did that because we don't see that very often. Right, because, you know, obviously this was not a good sign. Her things are in her car, it's late at night, and Kelsey is nowhere to be seen. It being 2007, police knew Target had surveillance cameras both inside and outside of their stores, and they could see them. And since that's where she was shopping that evening, that's where they headed to start their investigation. The trouble was that Target was closed at that point. Nobody was there. So they had to wait on this footage, which I can't imagine how frustrating that was, knowing that those cameras saw something and they they could not access them until the next day. Nothing you could do. So in the meantime, they questioned Kelsey's family and cleared suspicion of her parents right away because they were, they they had to question, you know, the people closest to Kelsey, even though... It's like her parents didn't do anything, yeah, though, right? Yeah, they, they always but, do. They yeah, have you, to. you have to. And her family understood that. So once they cleared, you know, her actual family, her boyfriend, John, kind of came into question as a potential person of interest, you know, considering they had spent the past few days together and they were supposed to go out that evening. They brought him in for questioning that night as well for a couple hours. And he was very genuine. And he had a solid alibi for the time that Kelsey was shopping. And then, as we know, John was already at her house by 7.30 p.m., ready for their date and excited to see her. So he was out. By the time he was done being questioned, police had already reached out to local radio stations with Kelsey's description. And a few hours later, by 8 a.m. on Sunday, June 3rd, 2007, Kelsey's description and photo were emailed and faxed to various media outlets, and her case caught national attention. Meanwhile, 
John and Kelsey's family and friends were working hard to pass around missing persons flyers and conduct a search of their own around Overland Park. So that same morning, police collected the target surveillance footage from the 40 indoor cameras and the outdoor cameras as quickly as they could. And upon viewing that footage, they received some disturbing answers. Law enforcement watched on video Kelsey parking her car in the Target parking lot at 6.54 p.m. She got out of her car and walked into the store alone, but just about a minute later, a 1970s model Chevrolet pickup truck pulls into the same parking aisle and a man gets out. He too walks into the store and the cameras throughout showed Kelsey shopping, talking to her mom and checking out before she exits. And this man was seen once again as Kelsey was leaving Target at 7.07 p.m. She walks out and can be seen pretty clearly on surveillance footage from above. And we did post photos of this on our socials. And we posted a couple videos so you can actually see it in motion. Right. And she's wearing a pink tank top and black shorts. And when Kelsey reaches her car, this young man runs towards her and appears to force her into her own car and then the car drives off. So, you know, we just talked about Naomi Irian's case very recently. Weirdly similar. It's weirdly similar here. So they didn't speak during her shopping trip, and she actually didn't speak to anyone during her time in there except for the clerk who checked her out. So it doesn't seem like she knew this person at all. Two hours later at 9.17 p.m., so before the mall closed, Kelsey's car is seen entering the parking lot and someone gets out. And although we weren't able to find the outdoor footage, I tried really hard, it doesn't seem like it's been released. Detectives say that the image was grainy and you couldn't see very much at all. And the only way that they were even able to determine that that was Kelsey's car was because they knew that it was in that spot. They couldn't determine who got out of the vehicle and where they went. So sadly, this particular footage didn't provide much at all. But they did have all the other footage, which was immensely helpful at putting the puzzle pieces together. And by the way, all of this stuff was uncovered within 24 hours of her disappearance. But it took 10 officers watching the videos frame by frame to uncover that this young man had followed her out. Because it didn't immediately seem obvious, especially the outdoor cameras, which again, were very grainy, particularly in the area that Kelsey's car was, you know, parked, which was covered in sunlight. So it was very overexposed. Yeah. So this was a huge, huge task for police because this is, first of all, it's 2007. So video quality is absolute shit. Yeah. And then they have grainy. to, then they have to scour through hours and hours. Uh, I mean, I guess, I guess it wouldn't, they wouldn't have to go it through was hours about, and hours. Yeah. But. It was about 15 minutes of footage, but it did take them hours and hours to look through it because there's 40 freaking cameras at least. And I think that's only for inside there's 40 cameras. So there's more than 40 cameras and they have to look at every single frame to see, is there anybody suspicious in this frame? Is there anybody suspicious in this frame? So you, as you just told the story, that's what was determined to have happened after hours of searching. But at first they just see her going through the frames and they're like, okay, she's shopping and she leaves and she gets in her car and nothing, nothing happens. What, what occurred here? Yeah. But then they had to break it down and ultimately discovered this young man popping up and they notice, oh my God, he's like following her. How did we not see this before? 
So, uh, and I'll get into how they were able to see then that he abducted her because right. that it's, it is very fuzzy, but that's what they determined happened. Right. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you are allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medications that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, just visit Juvederm.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volix XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment, no maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volix XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. So the way they determined that it seems someone came up behind her was because there's this very fast movement in the corner of the frame. And her car is way off to the side in the video. It is not in clear view. But you can see her, like, figure leaving Target and walking towards her car. So you know that's her. But it looks like somebody, just from the way the frame moves in that area, it looks like someone sprinted up behind her as she was going around to her driver's side door. And then 10 seconds later, her car drives off. So this is kind of like a rushing abduction. Like like he rushes towards her. Within seconds, he's in her car and the car's gone. And this is because it's so grainy. They In this moment, they can't be positive that's what's happening, but they're like, They all, um, one of the detectives described it as when they all noticed it, there was just, you could hear a pin drop in the room because everybody was just shocked. shocked. Wow. So I'm going to try to post that footage. The only place I saw it was on this show called See No Evil, um, which was a great source for information other than newspapers and online articles that we were able to find. But that show showed this footage and I haven't been able to find it anywhere else. So I'm going to try to find it on YouTube so you guys can see um, but, but yeah, it's, you can barely see anything happen, but you just see this very rapid movement 
And knowing that that is what's happening, like just sent chills down my spine. Yeah, same. So once investigators noticed this terrifying detail, they felt like Kelsey had been abducted. And that's when they came back and uncovered the other footage of this young man. And that includes when this guy got to Target, as we mentioned, in his dark pickup truck. And then later, an older model dark Chevrolet pickup truck is seen leaving the Target parking lot within minutes of Kelsey's car being dropped off. So this made it even more obvious that this guy had done something to Kelsey and then just dropped her car off back at the parking lot. Yeah, and then probably walked then, or not probably, this is what happened. He walked from her car in the mall parking lot and he walked to Target to get his car that he had parked hours earlier before 7 p.m. Right, so now they knew what to release to the public alongside Kelsey's information. The surveillance image of the young man and the basic description of his truck. Of course, they wondered if Kelsey's family knew who he was, but they became concerned immediately when none of them recognized this man. The other frustrating thing in this case is that although they had surveillance footage, they had no idea where she was taken out of that parking lot, and there were no witnesses coming forward saying that they had seen Kelsey or her car leave. Yeah, so they just, they are like, we know this guy did something to her, but we don't know who this guy is. We don't have enough footage of his truck to get a plate number, and we know something happened to her. And no idea where they had gone. Right, no clue what direction they headed. And more than 50 detectives and law enforcement officers were involved in this case. And by day two of Kelsey being missing, important leads were pouring in. One lead in particular caught investigators' eyes that came in on June 6th, so four days after Kelsey's disappearance and potential abduction occurred. And it was a woman who believed the man in the surveillance images was her neighbor. She had seen his photo and originally believed it looked like him, but she didn't think that her neighbor could be involved in something. And actually, she and her husband later stated that they laughed about it when they noticed the similarities, just completely not believing that it could be him, knowing that the neighbor in question was married and the father of a four-year-old boy. So they're seeing this picture and saying, oh yeah, that kind of looks like our neighbor, LOL, you know? Yeah. Not actually believing, wait, that is literally our neighbor. But after the description of the truck was released, they felt confident that the man in the footage really was their neighbor, a 26-year-old man named Edwin Hall. And it wasn't just these neighbors who felt this way, but also a friend and co-workers of his who agreed that it was definitely him. So Edwin Hall often went by the name Jack, and that's what his neighbors called him as well. He lived in Olath, Kansas, which is just outside of Overland Park, where this all occurred. Police took this tip seriously, and by the end of that same day, which again was June 6, 2007, police arrived at Edwin's house, only to find that he, his wife, and their son were presently packing up their vehicle to leave for a so-called vacation. Interesting timing. Very interesting but they caught him just in time before he was able to leave. And 26-year-old Edwin Jack Hall was arrested and taken into custody. And for those of you who can't jump over to our socials to see the photos just yet, this guy looks just like the man in the footage. And even though the footage is slightly grainy, it's color and he has the very same look, same nose as the person that followed Kelsey around Target. It's like, it's, it's him. 
Yeah, <laughs> uh, definitely. They, they thought, you know, without a doubt. And although Edwin didn't have an adult criminal record, he did have a juvenile record that included assault. And more specifically, at the age of 15, Edwin had threatened his sister with a knife. But this sister is somebody that he knew or had known since he was about seven years old when the family adopted him. So after he did this, he was returned to state custody because it really scared this family. So they're like, yeah, we're not going to be having any of that. Um, there was also another incident that included assault where when Edwin was 13, he struck a boy in the head with a baseball bat. So these are really not good signs here. Not at all. And the same day that Edwin was arrested, law enforcement continued to search for Kelsey. And this is where her cell phone really came in. But sadly, it took Verizon Wireless four days to give investigators her cell phone records. So there was this major stall in finding her because of their hesitancy. And we'll go into this a little bit more later, but there were some privacy laws in place in the state of Kansas at this time. And it's believed that this is why they didn't just hand over the data. But police had tried to gain access to her cell phone pings the day after she disappeared, but they weren't given up until June 6th, when a Verizon tech showed police the cell tower that her phone had last pinged off of days earlier. And the tech told them to search within a mile of that spot. And they did alongside countless volunteers. Well, guess what? Within 45 minutes of receiving this information, at 1.30 p.m., searchers found 18-year-old Kelsey Smith's body in a wooded area in Grandview, Missouri, and it was clear that she had been murdered. Looking to save on delivery? DashPass is your door to $0 delivery fees and more on DoorDash. And right now, using code GOINGWEST24, you can get 50% off up to $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for DashPass. Subject to change, terms apply. Daphne and I use DoorDash constantly to order lunch or dinner or even groceries. And that's why we love using our DashPass. Because it's the most affordable way to get anything in your area delivered right to your door. I mean, come on. DashPass pays for itself in two orders on average, making delivery even more worth it. And that's why we use it so often. And it also gives you special access to exclusive promotions and member-only menu items, all for just $9.99 a month. Get more from delivery for less. Sign up for DashPass today, only on DoorDash. Use code GOINGWEST24 to get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for DashPass. Subject to change, terms apply. My absolute favorite app is Audible, because not only do they have thousands of incredible podcasts, including ours, but they also have an incredible selection of audiobooks across every genre. Like from celebrity memoirs, to motivation, to business, to my favorite, mysteries and thrillers. Audible really is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment, with highly anticipated new releases that can include eerie soundscapes, captivating sound design, and dynamic performances. And as an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep from their entire catalog including the latest bestsellers and new releases. 
Right now, I'm listening to this unputdownable thriller fiction called Just Another Missing Person by Jillian McAllister, which I think you guys would love. To try Audible free for 30 days, visit audible.com slash going west or text going west to 500 500. That's audible.com slash going west or text going west to 500 500 to try Audible free for 30 days. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Kelsey's body was found near Longview Lake in a wooded area in Grandview, Missouri. And since Overland Park is right by the Kansas-Missouri state border, this location was about 20 miles from the target. So too far away for police to have known to search there without her cell phone data, but still relatively close. Now, to say the scene of Kelsey's body was disturbing is an understatement, because when they found her, her nude body was slightly hidden under sticks and branches. An autopsy concluded that she had been raped and sodomized, and then strangled to death with her own belt, which was still around her neck when she was found. So as we can imagine, this was an unbelievable and unthinkable outcome for her family. And the only even slightly positive thing was that Edwin was now in custody. Police had him. During Edwin's questioning with police, he admitted to being at Target that day. I mean, how could he deny it? He's literally on camera. But he mentioned that he never talked to Kelsey and he didn't do anything to her. He said he remembered seeing her in the store and thought she was cute and had nice legs, but they didn't speak. And that comment will sound even creepier in a little while when I describe a little bit more about this. So after taking, of course, when they arrested him, they took his fingerprints and they came back as a match to fingerprints found on the seatbelt release in Kelsey's car. And Edwin Hall was arrested for the premeditated murder and aggravated kidnapping of Kelsey Smith the very next day, June 7th, 2007. With this charge, Edwin did not hold back anymore and decided to stop lying to police admitting that he did abduct Kelsey. He followed her around the store, left before her, and waited in the parking lot. And as she was approaching her driver's, uh, her driver's side door, he abducted her at gunpoint. So he held a gun to the back of her head and forced her into her own car. Now, although the most important person in this story is Kelsey, and we don't want to give Edwin any unneeded attention, piece of shit, it's good to know just how good it is that this evil and sick person is behind bars, because those two assaults that we mentioned aren't the only horrific things that he's done. Although he would later state that Kelsey was the first person that he had ever killed, investigators really don't believe that. And we're about to mention, we're not going to go into details at all, but we are about to mention um, child sexual assault, so... Uh, just so everybody knows. So as we mentioned, Edwin was adopted, and this was due to the sexual abuse that he suffered as a child until the age of six by his uncle. 
So at age seven, when he was placed into state custody and a woman named Carol Hall had adopted him with her husband, Don, and brought him home to their three children, really wanting to give this boy a better life after the horrible things that he endured. Which is amazing. You know, she was like, this poor boy has suffered greatly and I want to help turn his life around. Yeah, exactly. And she also just wanted him to recover from his trauma. But after the severe behavioral issues that he exhibited and the incident with their daughter and hitting the boy with a baseball bat, Carol and Don feared for their family. So Edwin returned to the state. They did see him again in his 20s and felt that he had gotten better. He seemed calm. He had a family and they were happy for him. But little did they know in 2004, so when Edwin was 23 years old, he was in what's described as a sexual relationship with a 14-year-old girl. But we're going to call a spade a spade here and say that he was raping this 14-year-old girl when he was 23. And because of Kelsey's case, he was later charged with aggravated indecent liberties. This happened in 2007, luckily. So this, he did end up getting charged for this. And before this happened, he had been caught numerous times for stealing things like cash and a tape recorder and also stealing his uh, adoptive dad's truck at the age of 12. So he's like just doing all kinds of stuff. And after being returned to the state at the age of 15, he was in and out of juvenile facilities until he turned 18. And just after that, he married his wife, Aletha, but continued to catcall young women and make them uncomfortable. And not just young women, but like teenage girls. And something really horrific, this is what I was uh, hinting to earlier when I was talking about how he said that he thought Kelsey was cute and had, had nice great legs. legs. Yeah. Well, guess what? He admitted that he thought that Kelsey was 12 years old, which is why he was interested in her. So Ugh. this guy is like a sexual predator. Yeah, fucking pedophile. I can't, I also can't believe that he admitted that. Like, oh yeah, I actually thought she was 12. Why would you say that? Yeah, why would you tell police that? I mean, I'm glad he did, but yeah. ew. It just, it just lets us know who he really is. But but let's let's talk about something real quick. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we have to talk about this man's MySpace page because, oh my God, Ugh. it's disturbing. I'm sure that we all remember the first globally recognized social media website, MySpace.com. All too well. Yeah, well, back in 2007, Edwin Hall had one too. His name was listed as Jack, though, since that's what people called him, and he titled himself as a sweet troubled soul. The way that's written in the newspaper article we read makes it seem like that was possibly his profile's URL because there's no spaces, but either way, that was somewhere on his page. Also on his profile was his interests, which included, quote, eating small children and harming small animals. Like, what? First of all, you're disgusting. Second of all, why would you put this? Like, were people not concerned? And it doesn't sound like a joke because the harming small animals part feels so serious in its wording. Like, obviously, they're both serious, but I don't know. For some reason, I read the first as, like, eating small children. You know, it's like, yeah. it could be... Like, I mean, like a funny, like, oh, is, I'm trying to be cheeky. And it's not funny at all. That's just a weird thing to say. But then harming small animals. It's like, whoa, full stop. What? Like, yeah. Because e eating small children, what the fuck does that even mean? You know? Well, because well because when you think about it in that context, you're like, oh, eating small children. Like, nobody does that. That's that's stupid. Right, like, right, that's right. just a that's silly why, joke. That's why I think that, But yeah. then, yeah, but then when you're like, oh, harming small animals, you're like, it like takes a turn. That's You're like, too Wait, real because yeah. people do that. Yeah. it's it, Why would you, I mean, the whole sentence as a whole, eating small children and harming small animals. 
Uh, the whole thing, not a joke, horrible thing to say. Nobody should say that. And just knowing his history and then the fact that that's on his MySpace, MySpace page. It's disturbing. Creepy. But back to Kelsey's case. So Kelsey Smith's strangling was described as particularly cruel and was executed in a heinous way. And based on the wounds that Edwin himself suffered, it was very clear that Kelsey had fought hard for her life, just like her family had believed that she would have, because this actually had come out in the papers that they were like, she wouldn't stop until her body like made her stop. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Which is just so sad. So near her body, her pink shirt was found with bleach stains, proving that someone had attempted to destroy forensic evidence. Also, it was proven that Kelsey was murdered within two hours of being abducted, meaning at least around an hour before her car was found while her family was out there desperately looking for her. Two days after Kelsey went missing on June 3rd, 2007, a couple was walking near Longview Lake, near where Kelsey's body was discarded, and they witnessed a young man exiting that wooded area holding a black duffel bag. They saw him walk to his dark-colored pickup truck, which contained several wooden sticks, just like the ones that were found on Kelsey's body three days later. So this tells us that he had visited her body afterwards to either try to get rid of evidence or try to hide her under those sticks. So Edwin's bond was set at $5 million, and a couple months later, on August 1st, 2007, a grand jury in Kansas State indicted him for the murder rape, and aggravated sodomy of Kelsey Smith. And since he was eligible for the death penalty, which he wanted to avoid, he pleaded guilty on all charges. Now, the following year in September of 2008, Edwin stood in court listening to her family give statements about their beloved Kelsey and their shared fear for Edwin's five-year-old son's future, knowing what his father had done to another human being. And then Edwin had the audacity to stand before them and tearfully say, I can't find the right words to say today. I'm so sorry for what I've done. That's it. That's all I can say. Kelsey's father, Greg, later stated that he doesn't care if the apology was sincere or not because it doesn't change anything. It doesn't bring Kelsey back. Numerous people showed up in that courtroom wearing light blue t-shirts that said Kelsey's army on them, just hoping for some shred of justice. Kelsey's mother, Missy, told the court, quote, Hall should not be able to see his child again since we cannot see ours, which I kind of agree with. I, I, same. But if there were true justice, we would be able to bring Kelsey home. The defense tried to show the court that Edwin had been abused and this could have swayed his actions in life, stating, quote, My client had been sexually abused before the age of six more times than you can count on your hands. Those were his blood relatives. There is no excuse for what happened to Kelsey Smith, but it is an explanation for how his life spun so terribly out of control on June 2nd, 2007. Well, Kelsey's mom, Missy, had this to say in response, quote, I know what it's like to grow up with alcoholic parents. I know what it's like to grow up in an abusive home. I know what it's like to grow up in a single parent household that is so poor you receive public assistance and go without electricity. I know what it's like to be molested as a child. 
I know what it is like to be a victim of rape. I know what it's like to be a teen mother. But I also know that life is about choices. When does one have to take responsibility for their own life? Good for her for Very well basically, said. yeah, she fired back yeah. and it's like, like totally no, shut down his bullshit excuse. Yeah, it's not an excuse. I mean, I'm I'm not going to say that what happened to him as a child was not absolutely unforgivable. No, it's horrible. Horrible, but but it doesn't mean you can go do that to somebody else. So on September 16th, 2008, a judge sentenced Edwin Hall to life in prison without the possibility of parole. And to this day, he remains incarcerated at the Hutchinson Correctional Facility in Hutchinson, Kansas. Now, although retrieving Kelsey's cell phone pings the day after her disappearance would not have helped find her alive, it could have helped save resources and potentially even catch Edwin in the act of hiding her body had Verizon handed over the cell phone data sooner. But because of Kansas's privacy laws, this wasn't done. So Kelsey's family pushed for a new act called the Kelsey Smith Act, which states that cell phone companies can release cell phone pings right away if the person in question is in danger. That's so amazing. Right? This probably helped so many people. And it has, absolutely. And this law isn't just being passed in Kansas, but in many other states. And it's even being debated within the U.S. Congress as a federal law. Love it. Her family also launched the Kelsey Smith Foundation, also known as Kelsey's Army. And here's their mission statement. To honor and perpetuate the life of Kelsey Smith by empowering families, friends, and communities to proactively protect one of its most precious resources, namely its youth and young adults. So they are really working to help make, you know, young people and people in general more aware of life's dangers. And that's something that I love so much about having this show with you, Heath, because like it, it, it makes us and our listeners more aware of the dangers of life. And I know we all know that we're not invincible, but I think hearing stories like this just make us way more cautious. And it's not to say that Kelsey wasn't being careful in her life or that she did anything wrong, because we shouldn't have to worry about walking out to our car in freaking Target in daylight by ourselves. Yeah. But stories like this prove that we do, sadly. And Lieutenant Bruce Morton with the Sedgwick County Sheriff's Office said it very well, quote, Sometimes you need to be extra aware in places where you think you're safe. Knowing that any time you put yourself in a position where you're in danger or a vulnerable position and nothing occurs, the body has the ability to get into complacency, and you have to constantly fight that complacency. You have to work to keep your awareness up, to notice things 360 degrees around you. Absolutely. I totally agree. But, you know, also... And not to say that this doesn't happen to men, but this disproportionately happens to women. So so it is right. a very scary thing, and it's very real. But, at, Heath, you and I have talked about this so many times, huh? Like, when we go out, I mean, you don't even like me going on a walk by myself. Oh, I hate it, yeah. Whenever like you, in our neighborhood. Yeah, whenever you decide to go on a walk, I'm like, I'm coming with yeah, you. Yeah, you don't get whatever Heath is doing. It's amazing. I love you. He will just drop oh, it. Too. And, <laughs> he will just drop it and, and come with me because he doesn't want me to be alone because things can happen like that. And it's sad that men or women, like you said, more more so women, but also men and everybody um, can experience this. And it's just really sad to know that, that, that anything can happen to us. And we really have to 
always watch our backs, and that's a scary fact. Yeah, so ultimately, at the end of the day, keep your fucking hands off of people. Well, yeah. Unfortunately, we can't (laughs) stop people from doing that, but (laughs) we can just try to do our best to watch our own backs and and try to not fall victim to something as horrible as what Kelsey did. Absolutely. So after Edwin's arrest and the founding of Kelsey's army, Greg Smith, her father, stated through tears, quote, I stand here today, a heartbroken father, knowing that Kelsey's gone. The very act of living triggers memories of her. We may not be able to see her anymore this side of heaven, but Kelsey's still here, making a difference. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this episode of Going West. Yes, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. And on Tuesday, we'll have an all-new case for you guys to dive into. I feel like, honestly, like like you were saying earlier with Naomi Irion and even with Kelsey Smith's case, like I feel like cases like this really do put into perspective what it is like being a person in this world. And I, I'm really glad that everybody listened today, and I hope we can all kind of take something away from it. And, um, you know, kind of go forward with Kelsey in our hearts. And yeah, just stay safe, everybody. We love you. We appreciate you so much. We're so glad that you show up every week to listen to our show. And Yeah, we and, appreciate every single one of you guys. Yeah, and just listening to these victim stories. It's, it's just amazing. So thank you. Thank you so much. We love having you here. And Heath, did you already say your line? Did I take away from that? I don't think so. What is did my line? Did you say we'll have a, an episode for you next week? Oh, I totally did. Yeah. Oh God, I was like, just not here. Sorry. Yeah. I was <laughs> yeah. just thinking about Kelsey and this, this horrible story. Like it's, this one's really sticking yeah. with me. It's, so. it's really tragic. And you know, we got to do our best to protect each other and to be aware and uh, please stay safe out there guys. Yeah. And, and also just know that, uh, you know, if you see something, say something and, and being a witness is also really important. Being able to watch other people's backs, you know, cause Uh, Knowing that this happened in a parking lot in broad daylight where there were so many cars around yet nobody saw it, you know, it's, it's really scary. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Yes. And if you guys want more episodes of, you know, Heath and Daphne stuff. Patreon, baby. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to scream it at your face. Patreon. (laughs) Head on over to P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. Patreon.com slash Going West Podcast. We have over 60 bonus episodes where we discuss um, various stories from all around the world, still in the U.S., cases that we have not covered and will not cover on Going West. So go check that out if you want more. Um, Make sure to come to CrimeCon if you want to. That's only like, oh my God, it's two weeks away. That's a few weeks away. So two weeks from now, Heath and I are going to be in Vegas and uh, we're excited to meet a lot of you guys. Hopefully some of you show up and, and we can chill. So um, head on over to crimecon.com if you want to attend and use code GOINGWEST to get a discount on your tickets. All right, guys. So for everybody out there in the world, don't be a stranger. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? (laughs) 
Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try.